Hey everyone, it's Rebecca. You're listening to Superwoman. Today's guest is Melissa Clayton, the founder of Tiny Tags. If you are a mom or want to celebrate anyone who's a loved one, Tiny Tags is an amazing company that really takes personalized jewelry to the next level. Take a listen. I'd love to welcome you to the podcast. So tell me about yourself and I'd love to start at the beginning of kind of your entrepreneurial journey. Sure. Well, first, thanks for having me. I um, have been so grateful for everything you've done for women entrepreneurs. So thank you and um, thrilled to be here. So I think my journey, gosh, where to start? So I think it's when I look at my journey, I mean, I grew up with my, my dad who was an entrepreneur. So I definitely think it's in my blood, you know, grew up going to his office, stuffing envelopes and cleaning the office. And my business, Tiny Tags, started quite a few years ago, which I always think is very different from a lot of the stories you hear now where someone has an idea, they get investors, they blow up their business. My journey has been a very sort of slow and steady. Tiny Tags, we do fine personalized jewelry for moms. And that's our, um, and everything's made here in Massachusetts and Rhode Island. But I started very, a long time ago, playing around with jewelry and never thought it would be what it is today. And we were living on the West Coast at the time when I first started. And then we moved to, back to the East Coast where my husband and I are from and knew I wanted to elevate it. And I wanted to do more heirloom type jewelry. And fortunate for me, Massachusetts and Rhode Island has a huge history of jewelry making and we have amazing partners. And that's sort of really in the, probably the last five to six years, the tiny tags that you see now was really created where we do all laser engraving and you know, 14 karat gold, sterling silver. And now we're a team of eight. Uh, myself makes nine and um, we're here outside of Boston. So it's been an amazing journey. So did you have, I I hate when people ask me this question, like, did you have formal training? But I'm curious to know, like, what was your background as far as jewelry so that you could feel comfortable in that, you know, speaking that language? Sure. So no background. I was, my background was I was a CPA, not someone that ever actually think belonged being a CPA. I loved business. I loved numbers, but I did not like sitting behind a desk all day. And like when I see tiny tags in our jewelry, to me, Jewelry is what we offer, but Tiny Tags to me is so much more than that. It's so much more about community, about motherhood, your journey, and just that constant um, um, remembering the gift of motherhood. And for me personally, I grew up with my dad. You know, my mom lived in New York. I grew up in Boston. And while she did her best, you know, she was, there was definitely times she wasn't there. So I think for me, um, Tiny Tags has been this need that I almost needed to connect with women and talk about motherhood and to say, you know what, no matter what your journey was, no matter what your relationship with your own mother was, that it is a community. We're in it together. There's no shame in whatever your journey is. We had a mom share her story that she gave a child up for adoption. And we're just honored that women have come to us to share their story and really to pay it forward, to say, you know what, I went through postpartum and depression and I'm not ashamed of that. And I'm going to tell you my story. So maybe it's a little bit easier for you. So we offer jewelry, but tiny tags to me is so much more than uh, jewelry. So I felt comfortable in this space because it was the messaging that mattered to me and, and the why. Let's dive into the motherhood. I feel like uh, you know, as I became a mother, I definitely, you know, was proud to wear my children's names. 
why do you think once, you know, it's not like once you get married, you want your husband's name necessarily on your, right. but some women do, but why do you think, you know, being that you, you know, cater to so many moms, why do you think that is? I think motherhood is different than marriage because it's not that marriage is not forever, but um, your children, it's just such a different type of love. And I think for me, I, I was not someone that looked forward to have becoming a mother. It was not something I didn't dream about being a mom. So when I became a mom, it was, you know, I know a lot of people say that, oh, wait till it's your own. But for me, it really was this like, oh my gosh, like a love that I didn't know I had in me, a love that you would die for, you know, I, I think I would die for my husband, but I know I would die for my children. And I think that love is just so powerful, so deep, so immense. And it's, um, it requires a community the way that being married doesn't. I don't think I've ever felt the need to talk to other married people so much as I felt the need to talk to other mothers and, you know, seeking advice from other mothers and needing a village so much once you became a mom. It really is about that village. I feel like sometimes people seem to be, at least in cities, uh, I, you know, where people have nannies or, or more helps, there's like a level of shame that comes with that sometimes. Like we're supposed to figure out all this, but yeah. if you even go back, you know, people, it was a village that helped take care of, of the women and children, you know, it wasn't alone. Absolutely. And we weren't supposed to do it alone. I do wish so much, so much. I always, have, I crack up laughing. My grandmother was 89 years old when I had my second and she flew out to California to help me. And I remember she was supposed to leave and I said, grandma, can you please stay? And I look back at that now and think how I was begging my 89 year old grandmother to please not leave. And what a champion she was. She had to stay with me for two weeks and she was like, I got to get back and how exhausting it is for her. You know, my oldest was, I think, a year and a half and I had a newborn and I was asking her to please stay. So we need our we need our family. We need our friends. And we're not supposed to be isolated in by ourselves. Definitely not. All signs point to uh, mental derangement if this continues too long. Yes. <laughs> so what are some of the challenges expected or unexpected um, that came from this? Um, I think one of the challenges now, so I think it's interesting that my husband joined four years ago. I had begged him to quit his corporate job. He was commuting uh, an hour and a half each way, was miserable. And I said, you know, I really think if you quit your job and join Tiny Tags, I can really make a go of this. And he was like, okay. And we took a massive leap of faith. So I think working with my spouse has been a big challenge and redefining those roles and making sure that we always remember how important our marriage is. And we don't talk about work all the time when we're together. And I think also now keeping, you know, one of our core values is celebrating a mother's most precious gift. That's what we always talk about. And that's our children. And, you know, as we grow and people are like, oh, you really should, you know, go after the brides and the graduates. And I am constantly always saying, you know, I know that there's a, the market for brides and graduates are huge, but I believe staying focused on moms and telling their stories and connecting with moms is our path. And I kind of have to keep fighting for that because we're a team now and it's not just what I say, obviously. And I have this incredible team here. So always making sure I can keep people on that bandwagon is a challenge now. And then, and then also, you know, my kids are getting older and, you know, like every working mom trying to balance 
your kids and now your marriage and obviously now COVID has always been a challenge. So, but it's a wonderful challenge. I feel like it's, you know, what being, having my own business has been, you know, I say it's like my fourth child and it's been just such a blessing. Yes. Our careers are definitely our, whatever, whatever number of children we have, these are definitely our babies. They more demanding than any baby I've ever had. Yes. (laughs) Um, So how have you sort of managed through, you know, with your husband, whether it's a disagreement or not talking about work, like how have you guys worked to separate it? What are some of the rules that you adopted? So it's still a work in progress. We, I try, you know, when we walk our dog in the evening, just to even start out, say like, let's not talk about work. But then sometimes it's also, it is the most common denominator um, mm-hmm. outside of the kids. So that's one thing, you know, if we do try to do a date night, which we have not done since COVID really, to say like, hey, let's not talk about work. And, but it, we're not great at it. I'm not gonna you know, act like we are. In fact, this morning, my 15-year-old was up and my two other kids were still sleeping and my husband and I had a disagreement. And typically I would have walked outside and said, let's go outside so my oldest didn't hear. And I've really been like, you know what? It's okay he hears us disagree and it was respectful. It wasn't the screaming match. And then I went into my son and I said, you know, it's okay that mom and dad have disagreements. Like this is what it means to be married almost 20 years and to be working together. And it's okay. And we love each other and we're committed, but it's okay that we disagree. So it's still a work in progress actually. So, um, but I think just having, doing things outside of work and, you know, we have an office now, thank goodness. So I did say, I think one day you go in, one day I work from home is helpful. So we just have physically have a little bit of space. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. That makes sense. And what do you do to mitigate that with your employees? Like if, you know, like my brother and I work together. So we go through that, you know, like we don't openly throw each other under the bus in front of our employees or, you know, there's like, we can disagree with each other, but it has to be within like a, it can't be the younger sister, you know, disagreeing with her older brother, if you know what I mean. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I, I think Mike and I, as you know, the owners have to always be a a united front. So Whenever we have disagreements, they are in the privacy of our own home. So I think only maybe once or twice we've had a heated disagreement in the office. And I just think that's so bad. So we try not to do that. Yeah, that makes sense. So what's next for you guys? I mean, how has it been managing through COVID? So we are outside of Boston and right now, obviously, like everyone, when it first hit, you know, we are a hundred percent online. So that's been a blessing. I think the biggest challenge now is our team is mostly moms. So we have kids at home that need school because we, we have two days on three days off remote. So, and one of our core values is family first. So keeping that value and also running a business. So we all have kids at home and trying to manage that schedule while also making sure we're still getting our job done has been the challenge. So um, like everyone, it's a work in progress through COVID, but luckily our state's doing well. So we're thankful for that. And cases are, you know, we were, we're considered a low risk state right now. So things are slowly getting back to normal. 
And luckily for me, my, my youngest is 12, soon to be 13. So, you know, they're sort of able to do their own thing and they know how to get onto their Zooms and they're riding their bikes and doing what have you. So it's not as intense for me managing them as some other moms at the company. Yeah, I think that's definitely been hard. Uh, we don't have a ton of parents within our office, but for those that have, especially like it becomes glaringly obvious, like this is not, this is not long-term working. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. My listeners really need to hear successful things you've done to keep your business afloat or just any tips and tricks you can share that have been, you think, instrumental in, you know, starting your dream business. I think for me, it was focus when, so I, and I think when I think of the story of Tiny Tags, you know, it has been a slow, steady climb to where we are today. And I remember, you know, when we first started, people were telling me all the time that I had to do the brides, the graduates, the dads, and my mind was spinning. And I was trying to develop a product line for the brides and the graduates and the dads. And I listened to one book. I, I love reading business books. I love listening to podcasts. Love your podcast. And I always get tidbits from people. And someone told me to read this book, Brand Warfare. And I read it and it talked about focus and doing what's authentic to you. And after listening to that book, I went home and I deleted everything off the gift guide except things that had to do with moms because I knew that was what was in my heart. And it made like saying no to everything else, saying no, I'm not going to a bridal expo. I'm not creating a line for graduates made running the business so much easier because it was very much authentic. It was in my heart and that focus allowed us to have one voice and not trying to be everything to everybody, um, which I think if you know if you were to research, you'll see that's how people shop now, right? They're not looking for the the every you have everything for everybody. So that was important for us was just that focus that was authentic to us. Totally, um, I think it couldn't be more. I don't know what the word is more appropriate to be focused. I think. I always tell people start, you know, launch with one thing, do it well, get product market fit. Don't feel like you have to be splattered all over the universe offering everything to everybody. Yeah. As like a, a really good way to get started if you if you're looking to have your own company. Um, is there anything I didn't ask you which you wanted to share? Um, I think just how the 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 community that you know, someone that didn't grow up with social media, how amazing and how surprised I have been by the true connections that you can have. You know, I've talked to, I've messaged with moms on Instagram and then we've talked on the phone and how surprised I am as a older person, how incredible that community can really be on social media. And for us, it's been all pretty much all positive. You know, there's not trolls and what have you. And it's just been amazing for women to share women that are struggling with infertility, trying to adopt and that they can connect with other people. So I think for us, just such a level of gratitude for the women that are part of our community that have shared their stories. I feel like having children transforms you. And, you know, even though I really want to advocate for mothers to talk about money when they see each other, I, I can't help but default, you know, we end up talking about our kids because it's one of the most transforming experiences personally that I've had. Absolutely. And I will add with that is that's been one, my, one of the things I've all, I've noticed, I've gone to a lot of women networking events over the years and I love it. And getting women to say like, if you're going to stand on a stage and say that 
give advice about a business, you should also be willing to talk about your revenue, your net profit, your margins, because women have to get comfortable with that because it's different than having a hobby. Like if it is a business, you need to feel comfortable saying those things if you're going to be offering advice. And I think men are very quick. My dad was always telling everybody, oh, we're going to make this much in revenue this year. And I find women just don't do that. So I agree with that. Women talking about money is important. You know, it's interesting you say that about the net profit, like sharing all those things, because as a company, I know what we're allowed to share or not, but there's definitely a belief that like we can't open up and show it all. So that's interesting. I haven't thought about it. if you're going to say talk about money, you have to lead with that example. Well, I used to feel when I first started Tiny Tags, I went through this period of let me act like I'm way bigger than I am, right? Okay. So the yeah. email was sales at Tiny Tags or customer service at Tiny Tags because I didn't want anyone to think that I was doing everything. And even now, like if I'm an early riser, I jump on chat. And if I get someone on chat, I'm very quick to say, hi, I'm Melissa. I'm the owner. And thank you for right. being here. And I'm done with playing this facade that we are this, you know, massive global conglomerate. You know, we are still a family owned small business. And I'm proud of that now. And I like to think that people more than ever want to shop small. They want to see the face behind the company. And I love that because I'm I'm like, I've gotten too old to pretend I'm anything but who we are. So I love showing my husband, showing my kid makes, my kids come here and they make boxes. And I love all that. And that's part of our journey. And I think the people that love Tiny Tags is that that's what they love, that this is, you know, we're very transparent with who we are. That's so, not only smart, I think it's, it's authentic. And I hate that that's an overused word, but it is so important to show that because even when we had a somewhat of a customer service nightmare a few years ago, and I was like, listen, we're a smaller team than you think we are. You know, this is, this is exactly how technology failed us and we weren't prepared for it. And I think when, when you share that people are like, oh, okay, I'm not just attacking a brand that has 600 customer service people at the ready, you know? Absolutely. Exactly. When we have custom, we have two customer service folks and um, two um, women. And when people say, oh, I was talking to somebody, I'm like, well, you're either talking to Betsy or Jackie because there's only two people. So it's very easy for me to track down. But even like this Saturday, I was in the office. I, you know, I got a message that there was an order that had to get out on Saturday. So I went in the office, I put it together with my son. I'm like, all right, you print the envelope. Let's go. Cause I had to get him to his basketball game. And that's who we are. And I'm proud of that, that it is hands-on. And for me, part of, you know, I love and I thrive off the connection with the customer. So I don't ever want to lose that. I love looking at the emails that come through. Every review that comes through, I respond to because that's what I love. I love hearing and talking to customers. I love crying with them. You know, we had a dad that ordered something this morning and Sarah was like, I don't think he knew what he was doing when he ordered this. And I called him up and I was like, and then I messaged him through D, um, I, I texted him and I said, hi, this is Melissa. I really have a question on your order. I think you didn't want to order what you ordered. So I didn't say that exactly, but I'm like, I just want to kind of clarify what you ordered because sometimes the dads, um, you know, they do their best, but sometimes we know what's going to look good. And I love that part and I don't want to lose that. Yeah. It's definitely meaningful and the customer for sure doesn't forget. Yeah. So I like to ask this to all my guests. What is one piece of advice that have you've either learned the hard way or someone has given you that's been extraordinarily helpful? 
one piece of advice I love, and I, I don't want to get too winded here, is to everybody that you meet knows something you don't. And when I first started Tiny Tags years ago, I had given up. I had, I mean, gosh, this is before social media. I had ordered um, like a kind of a, how to make jewelry set. And I tried and I gave up. And eight months later, I took a plane ride and I happened to sit next to a woman and we started chit-chatting and she was like in jewelry design school. And she gave me her business card and said, I absolutely can help you. And I followed up with her. She had lived in San Francisco. And if it was not for her, I absolutely know I never would have pulled that set out of the closet. So that for me is hands down the most important advice and not be afraid to ask people, can you help me? Like, hey, you know about accounting, you know this, can you help me? So I'm a big believer of that. Yeah, I think that really ties into this point. I think the the word mentorship has been overused and sets people up to fail because they they often want to go to the busiest person in the room and say, do you have 30 minutes for us to have coffee? Yep. And I'm like, what about peer mentorship? What about exactly what you said? Somebody else knows something you don't. And that is powerful because you can unlock a lot, a lot of knowledge and a lot of support and it doesn't have to be the CEO of a Fortune 500 company, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So my last question is, what is one thing we'd be surprised to know about you? I think one of the funniest things about me and, and surprising is, so I grew up with my father who we used to listen to Zig Ziglar growing up, my dad. So Zig Ziglar, I think was one of the original positive motivational speakers and my dad would play his tapes and put the big speaker in the window as we did yard work on the way to school, playing the cassette tapes. And Zig Ziglar really, I mean, he passed away a few years ago and I cried when he died because I really felt as though he had such an impact on my life. This just constantly empowering people, you know, that you have a choice in, in how your life ends up and looking at the glass half full. So I still read his books and he was like this very influential person to me, which um, is funny because I never met him. So I always think that's kind of an interesting tidbit. Oh, I love that. That's great. Well, awesome. Um, So where can people buy Tiny Tags, follow you, support you? Tell me all the places. Yep. So our website is tinytags.com and our social handle is at tinytags. So, um, and you could DM us. I will see it or Kate will see it. So we love connecting with people. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today, Melissa. Thank you, Rebecca. I certainly appreciate it. 